connecting and connected, and we got music and we got entertainment and freedom and all kinds of things. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no more. Lord of mercy, Alvin, so would we, buddy, and we're really trying around here, and uh, we may be making a little bit of progress. We do incrementally. I think good morning to the freest group of people in the world that tune into this program, the ones that joined us here live on the Jitsi board, and it is the Saturday edition, of course, on the day before, technically, the day before the big time change, early tomorrow morning. And uh, so there we go. That's one of the things I've been looking forward to for a while. Hope everyone's doing all right this morning. Lots of stuff happening, obviously. Uh, Roger Sales, your host. We are simulcasting or quadrocasting. Are we simulcasting, trimalcasting? Is that a word, Paul, or quadrocasting? Anyway, we're doing one of those. Quintuple casting, maybe. Oh my I don't know. God, we're going to be adding words to the lexicon. Man, we're breaking new ground here. Anyway, we're on a couple of different signals around the world. One of them being the Eurofolk Radio Network, our kind of home base. Thank you, Paul English and crew, and Pastor Eli, our buddy Eli, and uh, also over on Paul's network, Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net network. You may be listening there. There may be a couple other ones, or you may be listening later on the podcast as many. In fact, I think uh, Paul told me years ago, not this Paul, our uh, English Paul told us, uh, told me early on that the majority of people that listen to shows like this do listen to recordings and archives. So if you're one of those, welcome to you. Uh, Saturday morning, the Saturday event here, we added about, what, six, seven months ago, something like that, uh, last October. It's August or something, best I can remember, because the situation was heating up, and we got folks that, uh, as I've said, there are some people that actually are gamefully employed out there still and can't get to the show during the week, and this was an idea of giving us one more day of the week uh, where we could discuss these things and people could join us to get their questions answered on what uh, certainly initially to most people is a very complex issue it gets easier the more you're with it uh the more it grows on you the more your understanding comes you know the bible says uh, above all seek understanding it's interesting it doesn't see say above all seek knowledge does it it says seek understanding and you can't have the understanding in my mind without the knowledge and uh but that understanding is what you uh should have as a goal on this information and i guess everything else in life too uh so good morning sports fans freest group of people in the world gathered together on a regular basis everybody doing all right this morning Mm, that's that's an ominous that's coffee, more coffee. More coffee. Get, tell the damn straw man to get that stuff coming on a more regular basis. <laughs> he's slapping. He's schlepping out there, Mark. Yeah. Um, well, he didn't want to roast those beans that get yeah. too close to the fire. <laughs> uh, nobody. Well, a lot of people don't like their beans being roasted. Um, 
Uh, I'll uh, I let, hey, I'll just give you. Yes, there's a hey, Roger. Hey, so Good I guess I don't know if you call it a quick question, but no, oh, I don't either. Uh, my name's Jacob. Hey, I was Jacob. on the show probably about a couple, few months ago last yeah. year. Okay. They hung you with a pretty good Down name. Utah. They uh, they hung you with a pretty good name. Yeah. Uh, you're in Utah? Yeah. And where? Moab, did you say? So, yeah, Moab. Uh-huh. Are you a member of the church out there? Uh, I was raised in it. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the this... Uh, this information came out of the Mormon group. My teacher was a devout Mormon. Oh, really? Yeah, John Benson and Glenn, too, for a while. I don't know what direction he's off in now, but John was a very devout Mormon uh, his whole life. And um, he uh, he ended up dying of being excommunicated from the church, uh, basically a pauper on Social Security and uh, estranged from his family. So this information can lead to some treacherous personal I think that's changed a bit, but uh, treacherous personal circumstances. It always broke my heart. Um, John, uh, interesting, Jacob, and you would appreciate this. Uh, early on, you would know this. Maybe some of the audience don't. The Mormon religion has a thing called the patriarchal blessing. You would know about that, I, I would assume. And uh, yeah. when, when John... Uh, had his patriarchal blessing, the elder came into the room and laid hands on him and said, uh, people will come to you from northeast, west, and south to seek their freedom. Okay. That's the origin of all this, okay? FYI, what about this guy that, that got, yeah, what about this guy that got popped uh, by the cops in Salt Lake the other day? You heard about that? No. I've, they, I, I heard Owen Schroyer allude to the story this morning. I saw the clip on it. Um, stopped. It looked like he was off a of main highway. I, I'm pretty sure it was in Salt Lake. And uh, he'd gone through some kind of patriot crap, and he's there said, quoting on the, with the cop on the side of the road, which we say don't do. Um quoting statutes and that he wouldn't show him his id and he showed him through the window and it was some kind of a appeared to be a bogus passport that some organizations probably making their own passports and then the cop finally got the passport said it's fake id step out of the car and uh, as he stepped out of the car i heard the guy say he's got a gun and then the story they didn't show him getting shot obviously but uh, five cops uh, killed him don't argue this stuff on the side of the road, folks. That ain't the place to do it. Go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you remember the situation, but I guess I'm sort of the product of some of those uh, patriot mythologies. So, By I, the way, I, I, let me just – well, I'm sorry. Let me, let, me, let me interrupt for just a second, and I, I do want to hear your question, yeah, sure. obviously. I heard that Utah was the first state that passed the Central Bank Digital Currency Act. Is that right? I wouldn't know. I that's what I heard somebody say yesterday, and the uh, the dialectic of that is 
is Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, I think. Uh, they tried to get that bill through South Dakota, and she not only vetoed it, she came out with a cattle iron and branded the bill. No, <laughs> she branded it literally with a with a cattle iron. <laughs> Which uh, she well, may be move there. well, she may be bucking for vice president somewhere along the line. Okay, uh, okay, Jacob. Yeah. Sorry, I get off on these tangents. So, what? Uh, what's your question? You're a victim of patriot mythology, like everybody else, at some point. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. So no, no birth certificate, no social, no ID. All that. That's you. That's you. And the. Yeah, that's me. Okay, well, that's not... But, uh, okay, all right. So, I was... Uh, I'm trying to go in and get a passport, and I heard on one of the shows, somewhere along the line, uh, something about what I thought was a similar situation. <laughs> a guy who brought in a bunch of affidavits. Uh, I was just hoping for some more information on that. I I'm would... actually planning on going in today with... Kind of affidavits from family and friends basically stating who I am. Well, I think that'd probably do it. Uh, what you might want to do is reach out to the State Department, uh, the Passport Division, and tell them your situation and ask them what would suffice for their requirements. Hmm. Okay, but you can do that. Our friend Harvey, um, our old, old and dear friend Harvey, um, when he, now he's a former Marine. I mean, you know, he'd had passport as a Marine. Uh, that was many years ago, Vietnam era. Um, but yeah. he went to, uh, it's funny, you know, Harvey. I've been trying to tell him this stuff for many years, man, but he did have a, a big limitation. He was taking care of his elderly mother for about 10 years. I think she finally passed it. 103 or 106 one of them anyway so he was totally wrapped up in that for a number of years and i understand that um but uh, then he finally grasped this and got his arm around it and went and applied for the passport and even with his expired passport they came back with that we need six other pieces of identification on him uh and so what harvey did is his brothers got 15 children and 45 grandchildren or something. And uh, so Harvey just went and took the picture that he uh, was going to or had already, as he got rejected, uh, submit with his passport application. And he went to a printer, and he had the picture printed on a form with questions. I've known this is so-and-so, known to me since so-and-so, and I believe he had them all uh, notarized. And he sent them 30 of those. <laughs> and they promptly sent him back his passport. <laughs> so there are ways around it, but you may want to reach out to the State Department and ask them what. If you've got a bunch of relatives, which you probably do, uh, you could do the same thing. Uh, but you may want to talk to the State Department first and ask them. There may be an easier way, okay? DS-10 in lieu of birth certificate, DS-10. DS-10, yeah. okay, DS-10, Jacob. That's, uh, yeah, that's the that's uh, their alternative um, what, citizenship evidence. Well, DS-10 and the letter of no record. 
I guess, some sort of verifying your birth. And, it does, you know, there's no trick question here. You're, you're, whatever they've done at that point, you're going to overdo with an affidavit that's included. So I don't see it as a big sticking yeah. point. Yeah. I, so, I've, yeah, my plan was to go into the post office today and do the whole, uh, asking for what, what's the next thing in my, uh, administrative appeals because, I doubt whoever's at the post office is. They're not. They're not going to know. I mean, they've got requirements, uh, as we've heard this week. Some of them don't know their butt from a hole in the dirt. You know, even at the supervisory level on this passport stuff. But if you walk in, I'm assuming you've never had a passport before, since you don't have any of that. Uh, those other documents, and uh, so you'll have to use a DS-11. You, 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 your administrative appeal is not within the post office. It'll be to call the State Department and ask them what's acceptable uh, as a substitute for a birth certificate. I'd do that before you go to the post office because they're, they're not going to, I wouldn't think, Jeff could correct me, maybe he's a postal employee formally, uh, they're not going to put your package in and send it in without the birth certificate there. They've kind of got a checklist of things that are included in that package. Hmm. Now, interestingly enough, Jacob, should you renew it, you don't have to include your birth certificate, but you do on the first one. Yeah. Okay. What else we got for one of our Utah brethren out there? Hey, Roger. Hold on, hold on. Let's finish with Jacob here. Uh, that's probably about it, but I just just want to mention the fact that I had sent out to the, the Secretary of State with my affidavit. Sorry, I can't hear. All right, well, I can hear him, so I don't know what the problem is. Is you can't hear because there's noise, Mirka, or because you just can't yeah, hear? Yeah, there's a the background noise. Yeah, okay. I mean, people, please, you know, we put this forum on. I just ask you to be responsible as you can on that. I understand sometimes it's... You look at one of those buttons and they toggle, okay? Um, you already did send your affidavit into the secretary, Jacob? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I How'd sent you, it in, uh, along with a couple of affidavits okay. of identity for my friends and family. Okay, well, um, how uh, how did you identify yourself if you don't have a Social Security number or driver's license or whatever? See, the if there's anybody, I don't know what your last name is, obviously, but if there's any two or three, or you know, if you're John Smith, for example, there's probably you know a, a number of John Smiths. So if you get into a name like that that has potential other folks with it. I would think that you want to identify yourself somehow, and you don't have any of those other documents, so maybe your name's unique. I don't know. But that is a, well, I don't know, some sort of a hurdle to jump, I guess, for people submitting cold affidavits. Yeah. Oh, so to the to the Secretary of State, in addition to my uh, cold affidavit, I sent, I think, five affidavits of identity just with a photo of myself and with statements from friends and family who've known me since I was born. Okay, you sent you included that in the in the affidavit. Yeah. Just, well, you don't, I don't know that you really need to do that. They just need to be able to identify you. You'll probably get a Mrs. Robinson letter, so that'll that'll probably be good news. You may not, I don't know. I don't know what 
how much they pick and choose on the sending out Mrs. Robinson contact letters. Yeah. What, what else, Jacob? Well, I just in my cover letter, I, I added uh, here's a, here's five affidavits of identity for for your convenience. Okay. All right. Well, couldn't hurt. Yeah. So he can use those affidavits for the passport application. You, you probably can too use those if you've got that already done. Uh, just uh, either call and ask them if that's acceptable, send it in and see if they refuse or whatever. You'll, you won't know till you ask a question or take the next step. Okay. Yes. That's for sure. I don't know if the, the USPS is going to know, Roger. He has to call the travel office. I, I would suggest you reach out to uh, the, the the State Department Passport Division first and ask them and follow their direction. But you can do whatever you want, okay? Okay. Roger? Yes. Hold on, Samuel. There was a female. I appreciate female. your time. You're welcome, Jacob. We appreciate I you think- being there. Hold on. There was a female that had something to say a minute ago. Yeah, and then Sketch wanted to say something. Well, we'll get to everybody if we can. Who is the female? We're going to defer to the female first. It's Robin in Colorado. I just wanted to jump back to the Utah shooting of that kid. Yeah. Um, When I heard about that a few days ago and saw the video and everything, there's more to the story, it seems, that his mother is in a lawsuit. His mother is also a national and is in a lawsuit with the chief of police. So I think, I mean, five people show up to just a rand, somebody randomly getting pulled over. That doesn't make sense. Well, it seemed very targeted. There's a lot of chatter about that. Robin, he called for the backup on the video. If I remember, he called for the backup on the officers before he even got the guy's name. If I remember right. Did you see how the mother's involved in a lawsuit, though, with no, the chief I, I and the police I, no, and the city? No, 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 Robin. I saw a video of the incident. I've got bad eyes. I can't read articles very easily, and that's what I saw. Okay. The article I read showed that the mother identified. Yeah, I'm just saying there's right. more to the story. Okay. Well, I, there's more to all stories. That's there's a lot of background noise and a lot of people well, unmuted. Well, I don't know if anybody's unmuted, but part of the problem we got is your phone connection, which I understand. Okay, Jeff, what were you going to say? You read the article? Yes, and it stated that the mother identifies also as a sovereign citizen. Ah, not a national, Robin, a sovereign citizen. See, I got the impression from watching. Not what I what I read in the information I'm getting. So it could be just convoluted information. Well, Maybe nobody really well, knows the real story. Well, there's but often it definitely said national on what I read. There's uh, obviously. I can let you guys uh, know the real story. Okay, well, let's hear the real story then. Okay, the real story is what Robin is telling you. Yes, the mother is involved in a federal case. And he was a witness. Okay. Um, they had been instructed to turn off the body cams and called for backup before they even flipped the lights on. It was a targeted hit. He was gunned down. Okay, the my question. The report shows that it was a ha- homicide. Okay, the question here. Do we know what, what uh, background they've got on their stance or status? 
Is this, a, uh, is this as Dave? Far are as these? I know that they are an American national. I believe okay. it's mainstream media okay. is using the word sovereign citizen. Okay. okay. Well, there are no such thing as American nationals. There's nationals and U.S. nationals. There are no state nationals. There are no American nationals. In the statutes and the regulations, find me one place that it says American national or state national. Sorry, I meant to use the word they are nationals. Okay, well, whose process did they go through? And all that background is probably what we don't know, okay? See, this is the problem with these other people that are out there teaching this stuff, okay? I don't know how much legitimately they bring to the table on what they're teaching and the holes they've got and the way they approach it. I know ours is solid, okay? So you don't know. I got the impression no, I did that not the, I got the impression that the passport the guy gave to the cop through the window finally was some sort of a fake passport. I don't know that that's true. That's the impression I got watching the video of the incident. I can speak on that. Okay, speak on it, Paul. Um the guy handed him handed the cop the passport, but he said that's not me. That I'm not that person. Yeah, there's so, more more uh, of this patriot crap. Well, or you know, to some extent. Go ahead. So the cop was the one that said, "Oh, okay. So you're giving me a fake passport." Oh, okay. So. Don't know. There's, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. I think the thing that I'd take away from this that I would uh, put out through the show here is don't argue these things on the side of the road with with a cop. I don't. We don't know the background on what how solid their position was. What's the federal suit has to have to do with? Do we know? I can't divulge that information. He's it's a lawsuit. It's public. You can't divulge the information. I mean, you get. I haven't a, looked it up, so well, I okay. can't give you the true facts. Okay. Of that. All right. Well, that's better. Thank you. Um, well, we just don't know, but we do know the guy got killed. We know the guy is dead, and he got killed on a traffic stop on the side of the road. Kind of belligerent, semi belligerent with the officer. Yes, Murka. He was um, responding to the officer saying that he wasn't, he didn't say that he wasn't that person, but that's what he was doing with the name. That's what happened. He was, that's how he was responding. I'm not that person on the passport. Well, hold that's, it. That's his hold reaction. It. Hold it. If he had done everything, if he had done everything correctly and it was a legitimate issued passport, he was the person on the passport, wasn't he? Right. But the way he was responding to him uh, i saw in the video he was responding to where you know how you go to court i'm not that person That's i understand how I, I understand that but how can you know if he had a legitimate passport and his status was legitimate he is that person on the passport that's what i'm saying we don't know where these people's background is right that's what we we get that here that um i don't think that that's how they a lot of groups feel well about uh, the name well i'm sure they don't uh, and, and a lot of groups not, don't know really what when they get when, when they get when exactly. they when they get into Thinking these high when they get into these highly technical legal areas they don't know what the hell they're talking about i've seen it for 30 years 
exactly what Ken said. I'm not that legal person is what, the, what he was saying. Okay. My straw man's got his fingers hey, in his ears uh, going, no, 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 no. Yes, Ken, good morning. Ken, how's our judge? Have you had any more uh, interaction with our, our potential judge buddy? Not not a squeak. Um, it's uh, complicated. But um, before I forget to ask, what did you use on your declaration? Did you use U.S. national or national? I just changed the head. Whatever the sample affidavit is on the, uh, I think, national. Was I, I believe that's the way it's just put forth in that sample affidavit. The only thing I changed, Ken, was affidavit to declaration. The affidavit okay, says well, national, I used, Ken. I went with the verbiage that back in the day uh, it said U.S. national, yeah. and so that concerns me that it could be misconstrued, no, 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 and no, I no, wish no. I'd used national. No, no, it doesn't matter. Those two are interchangeable. The state national and American national that aren't technically correct, again, I'd tell you, find me one instance in any regulation or any statute where that term is in there. I mean, for the new people, for the, for the new people, please understand, please. Now that we know the scam and we know the definitions they've imputed into these words, using their exact words is the key to the matrix. Why do you want to screw with it? Did you pet? That's um, why I used U.S. National for that specific right. reason. And it says right there in the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. That's the statement. Later on, they call it national over here. They never call it state national, and they never call it American national. Never, ever that I've seen once. Somebody find it and bring it to us, please. Ken, you're you're all good unless you use the term non-citizen national. Correct. And then they probably, and, 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 you know, technically that's correct, but it's not correct in the way they've got it couched. That's Tululi. Tetuli. Excuse well, me. I, I live what I am and, you know, whatever label I'm labeled, but, you know, I... I take each step as a free man. Right. And I listen, I'm you guys if you want to go do that, you go do it, okay? But you're you're not using it the way they're using it and that's the key to getting out of this. So, if you want to be hard-headed and go doing all that, go do it. And the affidavit also says United States of America, so Oh, it, it does. It w- and it and it wouldn't matter whether it said United States. The difference is there to illustrate the two statuses in the statutes. Okay, not. Well, I did. I use United States of America well, and U.S. National because of a, you know the without jura. Right, and that's right. Jura. But the other one would work. <laughs> the other one would work because when they're receiving that, you are in, in the United States still, aren't you? It's after they receive it that you come out of the United States, technically. 
Well, I got my passport card and I got my Robinson letter, so nice. obviously I did it right. And she's got receipt of your uh, your uh, affidavit, citizenship evidence, and thank you, Mrs. Robinson, for letting us know. Save me a FOIA. I should write her a letter and ask her if she uh, is part of the FOIA request, you know, heading off unnecessary well, FOIA requests. Well, I think you ought to write her. I think you ought to write her a letter. Miss Robinson is probably somewhat uh, uh, somewhat wanting these responses, maybe. So where else can we go this week? Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Paul had his – he was a little delayed, but but he's just hell-bent for leather to do this drop-in here. Okay, Cuckoo, could you – what about – yes, Hello. Hey, uh, this is Dave in Orlando. How are you? Oh, hey, Dave. All right. <laughs> Listen, can we have a lesson on jurisdiction? Because this seems to be, um, at least for me, the most compu- confusing part of everything. Okay, where are you confused? I don't know. Um, it's pretty simple. Where are you confused about it? It's pretty simple. Either that guy's got the authority to make those man-made laws and enforce them on me, or he doesn't. That's jurisdiction. Okay. But I know if, if you are um, inhabiting in a particular state and um, their laws don't apply to you, then it's what you're saying then. Well, that's what they're saying. They write. They well, they write. They write all those laws. I'm going to give you an example. You're outside of Orlando. Uh, Our our buddies are trying to force the hate crime laws into Florida right now. Have you heard about that yet? No. Oh yeah, they're trying to. I saw the Jew bastard up there from the legislature talking about it the other day. And uh, what they're going to do, what they're this is how they're trying to sneak the hate crime laws in. You remember maybe a month or so ago when they were doing Davos and the woman gets up and goes, oh, you'll have hate law crime laws in America soon. Do you remember, anybody remember seeing that? Nobody saw that? Okay. Well, they got two. Okay. Georgia. Georgia's already passed theirs. Florida, it's still in the process, and we're going to see if DeSanto signs it. If you've got a regular crime and they consider it to be a hate crime, you get four times the prison time. That's floating in Florida right now. Okay? Now, that'll be for residents. That they have in New York. That will be for residents of Florida, Dave. You're not one of those. It won't apply to you. There's jurisdiction right there for you. Right. But when okay. it comes to tickets and summons and things like that, um, you know, this is where, you know, there's there seems to be like a gray area. Because well, if, if it applies, it applies. If it doesn't apply, it shouldn't apply. Well, I mean, the ticket shouldn't apply. Okay. Just, but Jeff's going through it right now. Look, I didn't promise you a rose garden here. I promised you freedom. Okay. You go out and do stupid stuff yeah, like speed and, and all that other crap, defend, and just defend what I've got. Well, then, well, then you need to get your arms around jurisdiction, protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection. I'm not asking for any protection from the federal government. Therefore, I owe no correlative allegiance. You got no jurisdiction. 
Okay. That's on the federal level, but on the state level, it's just... Well, the state level, the the statutes are all written for residents. (laughs) Got it. They can't control you otherwise. Define what a resident is. <laughs> a resident is someone who is living or dwelling in a place for some time for the receipt of a benefit or the discharge of a duty. That's Webster's Collegiate Dictionary definition. You're not you're not asking for any benefits. You've shunned those, and therefore you owe no correlative duties. I explained Roger. that, Roger, to the prosecutor so in Indiana. And uh, well, she just shook her head and well, she said, I've dealt with nationalists before. Yeah, well, hell, and, and I mean, the, the chances uh, are very great that they've never been exposed to this stuff in law school. But she kept referring to it as nationalists. She said, I've dealt with you nationalists before. Yeah, I, I am. Said, I'll have you know, I'm a national and you're a female. So every time you call me a nationalist, I'm going to call you a feminist. <laughs> That must have gone over big. <laughs> she didn't call me a nationalist one more time. <laughs> no, it's national. I have nationalistic tendencies in thinking, but I am a national. You know, I had a, a patriot. This is maybe, I don't know, Mark, you'll like this story. I had a, a guy, how many years ago was it? I don't know, five, six years ago. And he was a patriot guy. I mean, I'd heard his name before, okay? And he writes me, he goes, I've moved from Florida to Indiana or someplace, and the U.S. attorney is all over me here, and they're calling me a sovereign citizen. What do I do? I said, file an affidavit and tell her you're a national. I never heard from the guy again. I don't know whether he, wow. he got sent up the river or they just walked away. But see, this they got no jurisdiction. They know it, folks. No, some of them don't. These people you're dealing with don't, but the overall people do. Mark, what you got to add? Well, if a judge told me, I know about you nationalists, I'd say, oh, so you're biased. You need to recuse yourself. (laughs) There you go. Roger. Yes, there's Samuel. That hate crimes legislation in Florida, and I was praising DeSantos the other day. We'll see now. Yeah, we'll see. He's got a five-year sentence in there. For anti-Semitism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because people, uh, and whether it's set up or not, but people are hassling all the Jews. You know the you know the famous Jewish wine, don't you, uh, Samuel? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it's like squealing, right? When are we going to Miami? <laughs> well, there's a bunch of them down there, okay? And uh, somebody, I don't know whether it's Goyam, Goyam League, Anti-Goyam League or whatever, and they're doing something, throwing little flyers on their lawn or something. Oh, oh, God, they're throwing flyers on my lawn. Anything, anything to gin up their crap, you know. Uh, and uh, the the most recent one is down there. The the sodomites painted a big uh, sodomite flag on the road, and when somebody drove across it, they're trying to accuse them of a hate crime. <laughs> oh, these people! Uh, it's the not funny until it's Hebrew yeah. National. Uh, Hebrew National. That's right. Thank you, Ken, for labeling that. Who was saying something there? That's Abram. They they claim to be Jewish, not Hebrew. That's right. Yeah, this five years in prison for anti-Semitism, that's like, well, what do you mean? If you just say something... 
to somebody who you don't even know is Jewish, you can go to jail oh, for yeah. five years. Oh, yeah. Did you see the? there was a, a TikTok thing or a, a, a Telegram thing floating around about this. Uh, had this young kid look like he was in a synagogue. He had his little shawl on and his little hat, and he was going over all the. Oh, they, they say that the medical thing is full of Jews. They say that Hollywood's full of Jews. They say government's full of Jews. We need to bring back what they did in Russia, where if you say anything against the Jews, they shoot you on the spot. The guy said that. You know, in Soviet Russia, if you were caught with a copy of the protocols, they shot you and executed you on the spot. Folks? You know, Roger, this all strikes me as paid activism and not grassroots. Well, it's exactly what it is. It's, a, well, it's their damn, okay, well, the big picture of what we're doing here is that because of this little thing that we've discovered and gotten out of is the whole basis of the monetary supply. They can produce it like Carter's produces liver pills. Sure, it greases everything. That's how they grease the hospitals to kill all these people. That's how they 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 grease everything with the money, well, the money, the currency that we're the collateral for. That's why this is so important, sports fans. Well, Roger, this is why I never trusted him. After he masked people, um, so I think they're you talking they're about coming back to roost. You talking about we'll DeSantos? You talking about DeSantos? We'll you talking about DeSantos? Yes, yes. Well, sir. he did pull the masks off too, but uh, you know, look he he's got a very huge and influential Jew community in Florida, folks, especially South Florida. Well, not only that. Oh, a whole lot of dumb, dumb five hundred one c three Christians. Well, there's there's those bunch of idiots. There's everywhere. a huge community here in Orlando. Yeah, they're everywhere. Those idiots, the dispensationalists. Rapture! I'm gonna rapture out of here. Sure you are, buddy. Nice to hear from you, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Welcome back, man. Uh, jurisdiction. Oh, I mean, it's just thanks. real simple. I, I've been here. I just stay, you know, silent. Unless I really okay. Have something well, to if say. anybody confronts you, you go back and say, "Look, all these statutes are written for residents," and it was probably if you go into the official uh, the Georgia statutes, you're I, I'm sure you're going to find that one sentence in there on the residency in the traffic area, and it says the term residence a rebuttable presumption. Okay, well, my affidavit to the head guy up there in D.C., Mr. Blinken negated that i'm not one of those you can't tell me i'm one of those or you're an open tyrant aren't you sir Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that i've been inhabiting for quite some time it doesn't make me a resident no only you can be a resident because you have the ultimate decision under what laws you live under. You can take your passport that you just got and dealt with the guy at the passport office, and you can go expatriate that and trade that for a Polish passport so you can get involved in the Ukraine war, right? Right. Okay. Well, why can't you? Yeah, I was thinking that, you know, a lot of times um, 
there's uh, you know there's a lot of legalese and um, a lot of semantics going on with specific words. We know what the word allegiance means. We know what the word protection means outside of the law. When you apply it within the law and within whatever situation, things can change. There's uh, things are up for debate, okay. and I think a lot of new people well, uh, hey, get Dave, confused because well, it's, no. it's like myself. You don't have a legal background in any That's of this. That's right. Well, I didn't either. You don't That's, know exactly. No, and and I didn't have yeah. a legal background in this thirty years ago, and I've learned it over the years and made it part of me. That's why I tell you, get command of the information. That's what I'm looking to do. Yes, yes. Okay, it's I not going to happen overnight. Dave, if I could write a book and you could put it under your right. pillow and by magic osmosis it would go through your my pillow too up into your brain, I'd do it. I can't do that. <laughs> Mike okay, Lindell's working. You see I Maybe Mike Lindell <laughs> will come out with my pillow three and it'll have that capability. I don't know. You say Iterawan. <laughs> yeah, well, Iterawan could help, Al. I don't know, you know. But uh, you just got to learn down. Yeah. And that I try to simplify it, folks, as 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 simple as I can get it, okay? Right. Right. And thank you. Thank you very much for doing that. Well, I mean, I, I, I understand that's an impediment. I understand it's a hurdle for a lot of people. and But when you keep things simple, everything's easy. I mean, jurisdiction's very easy. Protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection. I've declared that I'm not under your uh, mantle there. And you can't tell me I am or you're an open tyrant. Hey, Roger. Yes. Uh, John here. Hey, on the on that note, kind of related, there was a woman as I was reviewing uh, your recordings from last week. I think it was Thursday. There was a lady from Colorado that was uh, wondering if it uh, disqualified her for uh, clearance. I think it was a TS. Was that you, Robin? Yeah, no, it's not me. I've had in, in any event. I just want top secret clearances uh, yeah. and tickets my whole life. It was Satya. Okay, go ahead, John. Okay, sure. Um, and I, I think that she was uh, looking at it from like a contractor capacity, I believe, and maybe not from direct federal employee. Right. Uh, but in any event, I just wanted to mention, like, so I, I have one, uh, but you know, I changed. Uh, status after if, after having it, so I don't know if it would have changed my uh, opportunity in getting one had I had I been nationally going in. But I, I maintain one; it's been no issue. In fact, um, I had my attorney reach out to the attorney who handles this relationship on the uh, on the other end, and it just fell on silent ears. Nothing was said; no, not a word back. Yeah, see, so I, I I took it like you say. Silence seems consent. Right, and I think that this this yep. issue right here is so pivotal. I don't think they want to come back on anybody and bring this into the limelight. Thank you, John, for sharing that. I'll I don't. I don't. Her. That's a suspicion of mine I've had for a long time. I yep. don't know whether it's valid or not. Okay. Yeah. Now, 
just to, to rehash again, that's not as a government employee. Right. That's providing services through a large corporation that does provide services for them. So, and I think that is more or less in line uh, with the first situation or potential situation, whatever the case. Um, I don't foresee it being any issues, but again, you know, I guess her mileage could vary, but I haven't had any issue. Well, you know, you go back to the fact that to pull this off, they had to make both statuses equal. And they did that with Brown versus Board of Education to overturn Plessy v. Ferguson. Okay. And so when they, ha- you know, my question as I think this through, I keep telling you this is a process, okay, and these fine points of minutia that many of you would never even recognize to think about, okay, and I understand that, all right, but the statement is, as in the Certificate of Non-Citizen Nationality that we referred to earlier, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Now, we know a U.S. national has God-given rights, and we know a U.S. citizen has civil rights given to the government, given by the government. How in earth? earth can those two statuses be equal i mean come up with a theory somebody please well you come to the same conclusion i do they can't be equal but they did see there's the fraud right there there's the first level of fraud you reach as you file this because those two statuses cannot be equal yeah ken It, uh, with the uh, difficulty that the services are having recruiting people, I think it would be fascinating for somebody of recruitment age to go into a recruiter and say, I'm a U.S. national. Well, that it would be. And see how they respond. Well, if you volunteered, I think it, they'd probably take you. Okay. But... But I don't know. These are these areas. I hell, I just and I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't volunteering. I ain't going talking to a recruitment officer. Do but we go back to the point I was trying to make is that those two statuses, according to them, are equal, so they could put the 1954 Internal Revenue Code in and complete their little scheme. That's the first layer of fraud, it seems like to me, that's uncovered here. And then, should they discriminate against you because, in their words, they're equal, don't you have a discrimination case? Mark? Yeah, and the thing is, though, you can, they've let nationals from other countries serve in the U.S. military and then they become a citizen. That's right. They're begging them. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. That's a very good point right there. They turn them into U.S. citizens even though they're foreign nationals. That's a good point. Good, Good point, Mark. Okay. So there's a number of Filipinos every year that can join them, the Navy. And then they can become, I believe, U.S. citizens right. after. Right. After now they have to serve stint. first, and then they're allowed to become U.S. citizens. Right. Correct. Right. So maybe right, that answer the that goal probably would be to becoming a U.S. national if the statuses are equal. That's kind of where I was going with it. Do what can come over that? So I missed the first part of that. If you're instead of becoming a U.S. citizen. Could you become a U.S. national? Well, you if could. The well, are equal. Well, so. you could. You could after you get naturalized. Then you can change. You can't become a national when you're not a U.S. citizen. 
Well, he's saying you, he's wanting to know, can you become a U.S. national? Yeah, you can. You just got to file an affidavit after you're assigned U.S. citizenship, is my understanding. Really? Well, that would be real simple. Well, it does, but see, the 14th Amendment says all persons born or naturalized. It's just like all these situations, like Augustus. I think it's Augustus who doesn't appear to be with us today. Uh, I believe his wife is uh, Filipino or something. Filipino. Mm-hmm. And so she had not started naturalization process, and that was his question. I said, well, get, get her naturalized and then put in an affidavit. Just well, like that's, to, But that's different. She's becoming a U.S. citizen. Right. Well, so are these people that join the Navy. Well, I get that, but but I don't know that you can become a U.S. national. Why not? All U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. You, once you receive get into one, you ought to be able to access the other because they're equal according to their little scam. Okay. I'll have to get some garlic and butter and noodle on that a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and see, the, the, of course, this is these are the reasons they've gone to the links to hide this the way they have, not only to pull it off, obviously, but because the remedy's so easy, and they've got to recognize it because it's their system. You know, I, I'd really try not to focus on all this other little nuances for me personally. I'm just interested in, in being a national and doing my best to defend my status. Well, and make it through this world. Right. Right. But these are some of these little nuances and technicalities that I've got enough understanding of this where I see something like that and I want to drill into it and understand it more because I think there's another layer to be uncovered there. Who's got the mic open? Who's got the mic open? Somebody wants to say something. Hey, Roger. Yes, sir. I do. All right, it's Danny from Tennessee, I think, right? Danny from Tennessee, yeah. Okay, some things to do with uh, words and where things are uh, happening and all that. And uh, reading through, uh, you know, statutes, traffic stuff, what I've been reading mostly. But uh, where it refers to uh, uh, any requirement or something as a violation, it refers in this state. And, you know, normally you would think that since it's, uh, you're located in Tennessee, it's the Tennessee code that when it says in this state, yeah, which it state? means Tennessee. Yeah, it does. But, but, but they also have a particular definition of state. Now, the traffic stuff is in Title 55. This, these definitions are in Title 1, the beginning of everything. Mm-hmm. And here it says state. When applied to the different parts of the United States, includes the District of Columbia and the several territories of the United States. Right, and it's capitalized. And it's probably. also got United States includes the District of Columbia and the several territories of the United States. Correct. So the the statute says that it's a violation when it's done in this state, but the charging instruments it identifies some location in Tennessee. So the charging instrument does not charge a, an offense because it specifies that it's in uh, Tennessee, whereas the statute it refers to as having been violated says it's in this state, and state has been defined. And uh, th- this 
here it says, as used in this code, unless the context otherwise requires, and got the definitions. So throughout the code, unless they're in a local area, they provide a different definition of state. State reduces to the District of Columbia and the several territories of the United States. Of which Tennessee in its current situation is a political subdivision. In code part code one there, are those as the S capitalized? Well, it's at the beginning of the sentence, so yes it is. Okay. Uh you can't dig in and find any other place where you can differentiate between a capital S and a small oh, well, S. In the, in, in the in the code where they specifying where the code applies in this state, state is lowercase. Okay. But still, the traffic laws are all written for residents of the smallest state. Oh, yeah. Well, another thing about that, I got that here, too. Another definition, Tennessean denotes a permanent resident of the state. Yeah, current resident. Of the there state. you go. Well, there it is. And right their there. state is lowercase. Yeah, well, there and there it is right there, and the word resident identifies you and puts you under that all of this crap. Is that sentence in there in the traffic section that the term resident's a rebuttable presumption? It should be, Danny. Well, it might be somewhere, but I haven't Okay, go, go, go. All right, here, all right, well, I'm going I'm to give you a hit. I'm going well, to give, give you a little bird dog tip here. Go to wherever it talks about the requirements for residency, and it'll be in that section. If it's like Georgia, okay. and I'm pretty sure, well, you know, all of these laws are called uniform. Uniform traffic code, uniform commercial code, uniform builder's code, uniform electrical code. Why do they do that? So that everybody's the same and they can control from the top down. So I saw it in Georgia. I guarantee it's, it should be in, on this theory in every, uh, every other state's uh, statutes. And there should be a sentence in there in that section that deals with residency. You know, if you've been in the state, the first one would probably say you've been in the state longer than 30 days, something like that. Then there's another one. And then in Georgia, underneath that, there's one sentence. The term residence, a rebuttable presumption. It's right there. You rebutted that presumption when you filed your affidavit, according to their codes. Okay? You see, when you get digging into this stuff like that and trying to get definitions and place them to what we're doing, it gets very confusing, doesn't it? That's why I don't send people doing that. Get control of the concepts, then go in and do that, and you'll have a much easier time. But you see, uh, the problem with our whole community all these years is people are doing what you're doing right there to try and get the answer. And you're, you're, the chances of you getting the answer fumbling through their codes like that to get to the big picture are slim and none because nobody's ever done it before. Okay? And come up with the right answer anyway. So, Danny, did that address what you were trying to ask? Okay, what did you ask? Oh, I said, is, did, did did you have a question in there, or were you making a comment? No, I just I'm just trying to point that out to people. That, okay. Uh, even in the state codes, that state means the 
political federal, subdivision. Federal, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it means Washington, D.C. Federal, it's a federal subdivision. That's the state of Tennessee. What you want to read about is Tennessee State, and you're going to have a hard time finding it, with the exception of statements well, like the term residential well, rebuttable. I've been reading the uh, Tennessee Constitution some, and they're the first place where it says uh, – about when they were forming the state, it refers to state of Tennessee with state lowercase. I have seen in some later portions, things have come in with uh, showing state of Tennessee with state capitalized. Yeah. Yeah, there's sometimes they don't have consistency in there. Okay. So, thank you. I think that might be indicating the distinction. Instead of well, Tennessee, it, still saying Tennessee State, it says State of Tennessee with okay. lowercase because that was at the beginning. Could but be. then later, that capitalized state shows up. Yeah, could be. Okay. So, Roger, yes. can I help you me out? Well, if Charlie. you okay, Charlie, I don't know. Can you? Maybe. And Danny, if you could repeat Title 55 under the U.S. Code, I'd really appreciate it because I had it in my notes. Oh, um, so I didn't do my due diligence. I'm sorry? It's not, the, not the U, it's not the U.S. Code, it's Tennessee Code. Oh, I thought, it, okay, because I had it in my notes and I thought it was under U.S. Um, C Code. Okay. Danny, Roger is correct. Okay. Um, residency has to be rebutted. Okay, and it goes back to the um, case that Roger has on thematrixdocs.com. Um, Look at U.S. v. Slater from 1982. Okay, it has to be rebutted by us, and it can be rebutted by the Department of State. There's no question. Okay, the verbiage in U.S. v. Slater, it basically, it's a tax case. Okay, and it says, unless the defendant can prove he is not a citizen of the United States, then the IRS has the right to inquire and determine his tax right. liability. Right. Okay. Um, so essentially, that case, even though it's a tax case, it's applicable. Okay? Sure it is. So, but the other thing that I would suggest that you dig for in Tennessee, and it's the same in every freaking state, is look for the term in this state. If it wasn't for Sins of the State, that book, I would never have been able to figure that one out. And I know in Colorado, in this state, for instance, under Title 42, which is the DMV, in this state comes up over 100 times. Is that right? Okay. Right after the Reconstruction. Okay, right after the Reconstruction, the, 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 the powers that be within Congress. Uh, instead of saying state of that federal enclave, they would say in the state. That's a dead giveaway. Interesting. Well, that's exactly what I was that. pointing out. Right. The statute says in the okay. state, whereas the charging instrument uh, indicates a location in Tennessee. Yeah. So it's inconsistent, and so it does not charge a uh, an offense. That's right. I'm in. I'm not in that state. That's a Absolutely. state of mind that's run under presumption of law from a fraud that I erroneously agreed to every time I was asked my entire life, and I'm rebutting that. Here's this affidavit to the head guy. I'm not that anymore. Okay, and Danny, in close, all I could say is it's unintelligible that you could be in this state. 
state of Tennessee. Roger is 100% um, correct when he says in the affidavit, those two sentences, he says, resident to the residency. Paul brought this up again. It's my pet peeve about this, that people I don't think are getting their head around the brilliance that Roger put down. You can't be in the residency. It's impossible. It's unintelligible. I yield. No, you're right, Charlie. And, uh, you know, listen, Roger, Roger, I, uh, my knowledge comes from tutelage under John Benson. Okay? It's the only reason I know all this, folks. I wouldn't know it otherwise. He's the guy that did the heavy lifting. Okay? Okay, Roger, you know, and I see, I am very sincere about what I say to you. I, I don't give out compliments um, unless I am very, very sincere. If I didn't return back to you from when I was exposed to you back in 2014, I would not have known this. Yep. So I, I owe such a, uh, a huge um, um, contribution of thanks to you for understanding that. And again, that was the, your book. And the sins of the state, and it finally hit me over the head with a feather. Yeah. So I'm being sincere, and I think there are other people that feel the same way about your dedication. Thank you. Well, John Benson died, you know, or else he—I would hope he'd be here. You know, I'm an extension of those guys, and uh, happy and proud to be so. Okay. But I would tell the story, and I don't know if you've heard this. Hold on just a second. Let me tell this story. It's important. They've been in control of the law schools for at least 90 years, and we know that from Congressman Lewis T. McFadden's uh, House statements in that book. I think Paul's got it on the website now. I highly encourage anybody, if you want to read, if you want to go down to the nits and grits to see how all this was done, read that book. Okay, much of it will go over your head because it's complex. All right, a lot of banking stuff, and I wish I would have been more knowledgeable when I read it. But a few of those things stuck with me. I uh, so much so that I included uh, several of his statements on those speeches on in the book. Okay, and in one of the uh, statements, he talks about them changing the a- annual convention of the American Association of Law uh, Colleges and Law Schools. That's the umbrella organization for all colleges and law schools in the country. Charlie, question to you: Do you think maybe the American Association of Colleges and Law Schools has some decisions over what curriculums the law schools in their organization teach? In perpetuity. Okay. So, so we know that a hundred years, 90 years ago, uh, they moved the annual convention of the American Association of Colleges and Law Schools to Chicago on New Year's Eve. Chicago on New Year's Eve. What a, what a, what a more joyful place to be, right? Okay, so that a little Jew named Jerome Frank could get in front of the convention that was obviously scarcely attended and give a speech called Experimental Jurisprudence and the New Deal, which laid out their whole deal. That's why they changed the convention to New Year's Eve in Chicago, so nobody would attend to hear that speech, but they can go, well, we gave the speech, we told them, this is more of their crap, okay? So they've been, we know, and we can at least infuse that they've been in control of the curriculums of law schools in the country for 90 years. 
that's why these lawyers aren't exposed to this stuff. That's why when John Benson called one of those Utah law schools and got the dean on the got the dean on the phone, and and was talking to him about coming back to law school, and the guy goes, "Well, we'd love to have you," you know. And John goes, "Well, I'm particularly interested in the word person." And the dean goes, "Oh yeah, we teach that. We teach that in a course on juris, called jurisprudence. It's an elective course. When enough students sign up, we teach the course." And John goes, oh, yeah, well, that's interesting. When was the last time you taught it? Um, six years ago. Six years of graduating law students went through that curriculum without being exposed to the legal concept behind the word person. You're trying to talk to attorneys and, and district attorneys, and most of them don't know this stuff, folks. That's very true. Someone's mute is open. Yeah, I know, I know. They're, I'm, I'm thinking they're wanting to say something. Somebody's got the mute open. You want to say? Yes. Yeah, this, this is Sketch and uh, Danny and Charlie and you were having a conversation about a concept. And it's a very complicated concept. And I'm wondering if you could go over it one more time for me and for new students, the no. concepts that you were talking about. Person? No, no, no. The, the being a resident in the state. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's go back. You can't go back and look at this unless you go back at the origins, just like person. Where do you go for person? Back to the guy that's credited with inventing the law in Rome. His name's Gaius. G-A-I-U-S. He wrote a book, a bunch of books called Gaius's Institutes. Okay. So if you want to learn about the word person, you go back to Gaius. Okay. If you want to learn about the term resident, you go back to the original usage of the word when countries signed a treaty and exchanged ambassadors. The foreign ambassador, and you've heard this, you'll hear it in news stories, is in residence in D.C. What does that mean? That means that the laws of D.C. don't apply to him. The laws of his home country apply to him. When you're saying you're a resident, you're telling them that the 14th Amendment and federal citizenship laws apply to you. Is that is that easy? That's pretty easy, isn't it? Yes, um, but the concept that Charlie was saying that it was... Uh, um, Charlie, could you explain it better? You can explain it so much better. Uh, I just wanted to review it one more time because it it really hit home. Um, it was that you can't you can't reside in the state because I forget what Charlie Charlie. Had it, it's it. a fiction. Yeah, the, the state is a fiction. Right. Okay. How could you reside in a fiction? You're looking at it as geographic. It is not geographic. That's right. Okay. So try to reduce it to the simplest way you can do it. Roger is so spot on about this. We, I, I used to make things complicated. I still do. But nonetheless, I try to reduce all the time. The residency is a fiction. How could you be in a residency even for a nanosecond? 
Okay. Yeah. See, uh, 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 stretch. Go back to Webster's dictionary. Okay. Oh, I did. All right. Well, it's right. There's the differentiation right there. One is living or dwelling in a place for some time. That's the geographical definition. That's the one people bite on on the equivocation. Okay. But the second one says the same thing. An act of living or dwelling in a place for some time for the receipt of a benefit or the discharge of a duty. Sketch, are you looking for any benefits from the federal government out there in Oregon, are you? No. Well, then you're not residing, I don't guess, are you? No, I no, I get it. I just the concept of, of it being a fiction, I, I I think needs to hit home to people because they they it was kind of just whole- like uh, uh, property rights. When you said, well, it you're I'm thinking about it being physical. No, it's a right. You know, yes. So I I appreciate it so much. Thank well, you. Well, you're and welcome. I, I will. And these are these fine points, man. That you. That's why I say have command of the information. That getting those things understood is getting command of the information. Yeah, and it's the concepts. You know, you got to understand the concepts. I mean, I had a guy. I was dealing with a guy in email, and he he goes, he's an avid listener, new. He's up in uh, Virginia, I think. It's North Carolina, one of the two, and uh, and he's going. What are the you you keep saying on there? Get your arms around the big picture puzzle pieces. Well, what are the big picture puzzle pieces? Okay, the fact that we're dealing with the feudal system. How many of you knew anything about the feudal system before you got on board here? I had no clue. Okay. How, how many of you knew anything about merchant law? I had no clue. How many of you knew anything about no. the 14th Amendment and slavery and all this other stuff? And See, those uh, are the big picture pieces, and you've got to understand how each one of them work and the important aspects of them, and then see how they work together with moving parts to form this damn slavery trap. The 14th Amendment was the part that really got to me. Okay. Those are the big pieces. Okay. Well, I only knew about the 14th hey, Amendment because of Dan Metter. Well, God that's what opened my rest, eyes in, rest, in the uh, dual jurisdiction. And, and, and rest in peace, Dan Metter. He did great work. Okay. But Amen. More, more of the great patriots that have gone before and paved the, paved the road for us. Okay. Ken, what were you going to add? Um, it might make it easier for the new people, uh, and for my tiny brain, uh, that when you say you're a resident, you're equating or equivocating yourself with being in and under the rules of DC. It's exactly what you're doing. So by claiming residency. Right. And so that might help people and, understanding and, the other abstract and, and, concepts and, of it. And, when I say I'm a resident, that means I'm under the rules and restrictions of D.C. Where where does this come out? It's right there in the 14th Amendment. There's a two-prong legal test. The first prong they take care of by fraud and use presumption. They did this bankruptcy. They threw everybody in as sureties. Well, now everybody's in the condition, right? And so that's why they ask you the two questions to get your confirmation and agreement. So every time they ask you, you didn't know that they were imputing a legal definition to the term resident. You thought it meant I live over there, okay? So you you got to understand those things. And when you let, – let's go back to the 14th Amendment, the first prong, all persons born or naturalized in the United States. Notice 
It does not say the United States of America there, does it? It says United States. That's the federal zone. This is the new federal citizenship that never existed before the 14th Amendment. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma. That's the first prong of the legal test. They took care of that with fraud. That's why the affidavit works, because there's fraud there. Okay? The second one, however, is up to you, comma, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Notice it does not say all persons born or naturalized in the United States are subject to the jurisdiction thereof. It says and. That's the second prong. And then the completion of the 14th Amendment says if you both of these tests are made, you're a citizen of the United States or a state wherein you reside there's resident you know i remember daryl hey gary let me just finish this up for a second um i remember daryl called in years ago and he was listening to ralph and whose place i took on sunday nights over there at rbn and ralph's going no term resident doesn't have anything to do with this and so Daryl reads him the 14th amendment and he gets to the end state wherein they reside and he said, Ralph was totally dead silent. Because there it is right there. Yes, Gary. So, if you study the two pages of court cases that we have on the website and study them, not just read them, study them and contemplate them, you'll find out that everything you've been talking about for the last 15 minutes is right in those court cases. There's even a court case, and I don't have it in front of me, but it says that if you claim to be a U.S. citizen, you're a franchisee and and considered to be in in interstate commerce when you leave the 10 square miles of Washington, D.C. Yep, I can imagine. And constitutionally, they have every right to monitor and, and control interstate commerce so therefore think about it if you're in interstate commerce when you leave the 10 square mile claim to be a u.s citizen they can control every action you have that's right and you and they can do that they can do that because the of the first prong and the fraud and because you've agreed to them whenever they ask you those questions your whole life disagree with them you gave them the consent take it away and um there's so much information packed into that two pages of court cases if you just study them, people. I mean, you ought to be reading those at least minimum once a week, both those two pages. Uh, you know, I, I like the case that came from Copper Moonshine still, the one that Charlie alluded to earlier, because it's very short and succinct and to the point. Unless the person can prove, prove they're not a citizen of the United States, the IRS can proceed. Okay? Prove. How do you prove yeah, that? Your, uh, there's your out right that's there. Exactly where your that's where your code. What is it? Nine comes from everything, then that's right at the top of the second page. That court case. Okay, so, so just there, study those court cases and start thinking about what Roger's teaching on here, and relate what you're being taught to those cases, and it'll give you the greatest understanding of what's really going on. There's only one way to prove. Two pages are so important. 
see, and 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 see, this is the this is. There's been no way to prove you're not a citizen of the United States because the fraudulent presumption rolls over you that you've always mistakenly agreed with. The only way you can prove you're not that is by making your declaration to the Secretary of State of the United States. That's the only way you can do it. That's why this this plan of theirs is so brilliant. They bring in an old system nobody recognizes. They leave that responsibility with one guy. And then they buffalo you with all this other crap. That's the the brilliance of this is just, I mean, after all these years, I'm still stunned by it at times, quite frankly. It's brilliant. Satan's brilliant, folks. Yeah, Roger, there's even a case on those two pages that says your property. It just comes right out and says that your property of the government. Sure does. You know, you claim to be a U.S. Is is Brent Bachman on here with us today? Brent, you with us? Okay, we used to have a guy in our uh, in our Patriot group, um, and I had his name a second ago, and I just lost it again. Nice guy. Yeah, I'm here. Brent, remember the guy that used to replace windshields? That was a little bitty short guy and had that big heavy set wife. I didn't know him. Don Jernigan was his name. Great guy. Just, you know, Georgia red dirt real guy. Okay. And he told us one time that they had driven to D.C. and they were driving back to Atlanta. And as they left the District of Columbia, you know, those green road signs, you know, you're entering state of Nevada, all that, right? You're leaving whatever, Arizona, okay? Well, there's a big green sign as you're driving outside of D.C. that says, you're leaving the United States. I mean, can it be any clearer? Can it? Don't think so. Okay. Roger? Yes. Is Samuel. I'd like to get your comment on uh, a section of code here. I'll read it real quick. Grab it here. Uh, this is Title 18, U.S. Code, <clears throat> Section 9. Title 18, is, Title 18 is criminal. This is Section 9. Vessel of the United States defined. The term vessel of the United States, as used in this title means a vessel belonging in whole or part to the United States or any citizen, lowercase thereof, yeah. or any corporation created by or under the laws of the United States or of any state, territory, district, or possession thereof. That, there, how about Union Pacific Railroad? you think that's a corporation that was incorporated by the United States, do you, Samuel? Well, it's a corporation, sure. It was incorporated. But they're talking by the, citizens in here. Well, I understand citizens that. are vessels of the United States. Well, hold it. You're gonna you're gonna bring Tim Turner out of prison here. You know, <laughs> I'm a vessel sailing on the earth. Our, well, here it is defined in the code. What do you? Oh, <laughs> well, it should say an, calling, it, Well, it should say probably an entity, but I don't know why they use the word. Okay, quite frankly. Because they're hiding the relationship where they can own part of you or all of you as a vessel. 
the holding it as citizens if they own of the, uh, if of they, the United States. Hold it, Samuel. I'm going to correct you. If they own any of you, they own all of you. There ain't no partial ownership. Yeah, they own the straw man part. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. There ain't no medium pregnancy. Well, there's the fiction and there's the reality. They only own fiction. That's right. Well, they yeah, that's right. That's true. Because it's all based that's on fraud. It's got to be that's fiction. It's it, it, got to be fiction because it's all based on fraud. Yeah, that's the part they say they own, the fiction. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's what you've agreed to every time they ask you. As a citizen, absolutely. Okay, well, take it away. Quit being one of them. Hell, it's your choice. I'm divorcing my straw man. There. <laughs> My straw man knows how to spell his name. <laughs> oh, Mark. Hey, Roger. You and straw are a breath of fresh air. Yeah, Gary. Well, that goes back to Plessy versus Ferguson. If you're one-tenth and you agree to be one-tenth, they own the whole 90%. That's very true. 100%. Right That's very true. Isn't that so an that interesting point? And, and, you know, isn't this an interesting well, point here? that this Jim Crow stuff was not about black and white. It was about political status. Has any has anybody else ever floated that? Not That's to my an knowledge. eye opener right there. Okay. I mean it really is when you shift your mind away from black and white and ethnicity over to political status, it gets clear as a bell, doesn't it, Mark? Yes. It makes much more sense. Wait, Roger, you can't say float. That sounds like maritime. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just me and my buoy and my straw man out there in the ocean up on the land, Samuel Dam. With my gold fringe flag. That's right. Flying proudly at the back, at the stern. Okay, so where else can we go this morning? Anybody getting anything out of this conversation? Some of you newer folks? I mean, are we... Is it, hey, Roger. The old statement, is it clear as clear or clear as mud? Clear as clear. Okay, okay. Hey, Roger. Yeah, let's get to Gary. He's been hey, trying Roger. to say so. Yes, Gary. Well, I would advise everyone to read what's called the General Orders 100 or the Libra Code because you'll find a whole bunch of parallelisms between the Libra Code from the Civil War and what we're under and going through right now. Well, yeah, it's merchant law. And then we have a new exactly. student raising her hand, too. Oh, good. We got, all there. right, good. New student, please come forward. Oh, it's it's Irma Jean. Irma Jean. You must be from the South with two names, sweetie. Well, I think uh, Nadine invited her. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think I remember her. Hi. Hola. Buenas. Can you hear me? I were loud and clear. Praise God. This is so <laughs> enlightening. This is all. Oh, it blows my mind. Uh, what you've been talking about. It's becoming it's becoming clearer. <laughs> it take you, you know it's very interesting. Your friend and our friend Nadine the other day, uh, I had a black gal that called in Sunday before last. I think Janet 
from Columbus, Ohio, very articulate gal, called in. And the next week, because I explained some stuff to her on that show, and when we got back on our regular little home base here, Nadine comes in and said, Roger, when you explained that to her, I understood everything perfectly. Now, Nadine's been hanging around for a couple months. Okay, more than a couple probably. But you see, it takes time to get all the misinformation and the things you've been lied about to to the point where you can understand what's going on here. Amen. And it's so enlightening because even the, the you've said it before, the Jim Crow, it wasn't race. It wasn't ethnicity. It was political. Correct. That turns your whole frame of thinking around. Yep. And the most interesting thing is what I brought up with Brent. That's the thing that's been on my mind here the last few months is going in. Mark, I need to have you go into Slaughterhouse. I'm going to have to find out the pages on that and send them to you because I'd like for you to read it, okay, because of my eyesight. But there's this section of the Slaughterhouse cases where it starts out because of the recent Dred Scott decision. Now, Imogene, you know about Dred Scott? That's been thrown around for 100 and something years now. You, yes. Okay, Dred Scott was a Negro slave, went up to Illinois, I believe. Illinois was a free state. The minute he got to Illinois, he declared himself free. That was Dred Scott. Okay? And the U.S. Supreme Court, with Roger Taney at the head, ruled against him. And it was a really controversial decision. Hell, it still is. Okay? Okay, and so that leads this section of the slaughterhouse cases, and they're saying, you know, what Dred Scott showed us and told us was that a man of African descent could not be a citizen of the United States by anything short of an amendment to the Constitution. But underneath that, it says, well, listen, this was a lot of public discussion in D.C., in political circles, in newspapers, in the public journals, on a person born and raised in D.C. of the territories was not only not a citizen of the United States of America, but could not become so with anything short of an amendment to the Constitution. So you can't tell me that everybody born and raised in D.C. and the territories was a black slave. I ain't buying it. Mm. So there were other ethnicities that were brought in under this umbrella, and nobody talks about it. Nobody. Mm. Wow. Now, that's to the point of knowing this information as well as I do personally and seeing that and going, hold on, there's something wrong here. Yes, yes, yes. That's Mm. what led me to the thinking of this isn't black and white. This is political status, federal citizenship, state citizenship. Mm. Wow. And we got moved to the federal plantation. I mean, I've said for years, Mark, they they took the black slaves off of the southern plantation and they put them on the federal plantation. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. I had a, a, a co-worker who's a, a black minister, and one day, now this is back like in 2000, one day I said, um, the 14th Amendment made us all slaves. And he snapped around his head and he goes, I've never heard anyone say that. Yep. Yep, you know, you know, I'll tell you the startling one to me was when I had Jennifer Daniels on, 
Are you familiar with Jim, Jim, Dr. Jennifer Daniels Imaging? No, sir. She's a black gal from Buffalo. Very, very sharp. Okay? One of the sharpest knives in the drawer. Period. All right? I met her through the guy in Argentina that owned that big hunting ranch. He had a relationship with her, and her husband brought him down to Argentina. She went out and shot her own antelope. She didn't eat meat. Went out and shot her own antelope and ate that antelope because it didn't have any chemicals in the meat. It was right off his hunting preserve. Okay? Wow. And so he's the one that kind of hooked us up. Kept telling me, you need to get a hold of Jennifer Daniels. Well, I didn't even know who she was either. Okay? And so uh, I got a hold of her. We developed a little bit of a relationship i had her on the radio show here one night uh one day and she was telling us about her coming up from a middle class black family in buffalo she got a a scholarship to harvard went to harvard medical school then went to the wharton school of business and got a master's in in business okay wow very sharp gal then she started her practice do what there's mer's going to come in and tell us something what what did i get wrong mer Syracuse. Okay, sir. She bought a building there in Syracuse for right. her clinic. Right, and she opened up her clinic in the ghetto to help her people, okay? And then she started deviating and finding out about the things that were being recommended to her by the government to treat her patients, and she started doing exactly the opposite. And the funniest thing, none of her patients died. Okay, and so her and another guy, well, they got uppity, and they ended up yanking their licenses, I believe, didn't they, Murr? Yeah, well, they threatened to with her. What she did was she had her constituents, her constituents, her patients, uh, there were like 300 people wrote letters because they had, uh, the governor had taken this big grant, and it would raise all their taxes so much that they wouldn't even be able to go to her clinic and she wouldn't be able to, you know, keep the clinic open because it was be too expensive, right? So they sent in these 300 letters and uh, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's coup, back. Coup all all, oh, we got yeah, one of we got one of those over there. Let's go stifle her, right? Well, she ends well, she up leaving. She already, the pharma reps, you know, were wondering why they weren't right selling or anything and and the insurance people weren't getting anything right so do you know folks when a doctor when a doctor writes a prescription for you it goes into a a a master database did y'all know that Mm. yeah okay so anyway jennifer and her husband leave the country and move to panama okay and she set up a worldwide consultation medical business. And she's she's so damn full. Correction. Hold the thought. She met him in Panama. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, she set up a worldwide consultation firm. It's a waiting list to get on her list, okay? So, anyway, she's talking about all of this and giving us the story. And she said, you know, I've got a little sister who's mentally incapacitated, who's retarded. Okay, and she said, my little sister said after Brown versus Board of Education, she said they didn't raise us up to the white folks level. They dropped them down to our level. This is her retarded sister. Hmm. And someone in the Chatango says Jennifer received both her degrees at the same time. She's brilliant. Yeah, she's she's a sharp sharp cookie imogene you ought to find find out about her vitality cycles.com is her site vitality 
What is it? Vitality Cycles. C-Y-C-L-E-S. Yes. Anyway, I I, I I told you that story to give you the punchline from her retarded sister, okay? Wow. Hey, Roger, do, do you know what day and month and year you, she was on the radio with you? God, in the no, I, I think it was when I was over on Truth Frequency, and a lot of that's lost, unfortunately. Uh, I think it's in the RBN. Well, it's in, it's, in, it's, in, it's, in, it's in TFR's archives that asshole won't let me have <laughs> yeah i think it's in the rbn archives because she was oh maybe maybe if not but well she, she had RBN from there too, right? she Remember? she she was on rbn she's probably got archives in rbn but anyway she's a she's a very very sharp cookie and a real nice gal and her husband died i think she's remarried and she lives up on the mountain in panama somewhere didn't remarry oh she didn't i thought she did okay nope and uh interpol was trying to track her down and they wouldn't let her have her bank account yeah that's because that's because she hasn't filed an affidavit. She didn't listen to me. She could go into any bank at, with an affidavit filed and get a bank account open in Panama. I, I think she'd already gotten her papers there in Panama at that point. I think. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, her papers in Panama don't make any difference on her opening I mean, a bank account there. If she says she's a U.S. citizen because of yeah. FACTA, they're not going to open it. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think she had expatriated at that point. Oh, okay. Well, that's a mistake. Expatriation's a mistake, folks. Well, getting out from under their thumb was a good thing. So, Imogene, what what else can we address for you, sweetie? Just keep talking. This is just <laughs> overwhelming. And it's free. You feel, like, you feel like you're getting a drink of water out of a fire hydrant, do you? Yes. Gush it on out. All right. Well, we keep pushing. The pressure's great. Thank you. Thank you. It's how I think. I I think the question is how much can the recipient take? (laughs) That's true. That is so true. It is overwhelming. It it is overwhelming, and I certainly understand uh, all the new folks' position. You've got to go back through your entire life and totally address address and reorient your personal and your worldview with this information. That is so true, and and the only hope that I have is that God. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Imogene. It seems to me the overriding people that are attracted to these this message are God's people. That's what I found out over the Amen. years. Amen. And I, I'm telling people, and you know, it's that slave mentality. They just want to be where they at. Right. See, people resist. Basically, all people resist change. Okay. Yes. And and that's what you've got to over. That's one of the obstacles you got to overcome. There's several here. Anyway, we're glad you're on board. And should you get to a point where you've got something that's not clear to you, I want you to come on here and ask the damn questions. Okay, I will do that. Because okay. I'm moving towards that affidavit. <laughs> okay, sweetie. Will you let us know if we can help you? Okay. You're. Thank you. Aren't you in Texas? Yeah, I'm in Fort Worth. Okay, in Cowtown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of good folks. We're starting to build uh, these little groups of of students. There's a, a pretty good number of solid folks right there in your area. Wonderful. There, there's Jeff is one of them. Jeff is. Yeah, yep. Jeff lives up in Plano. Yep. Oh wow! 
Wow, Jeff. You a neighbor. <laughs> Pretty close. So we got Wayne out there. Uh, hey, we've several folks we hadn't heard from. Yes, who's that? Hello, hey Roger. Hey Rogers, is Seb? Is who? This is this is Seb from Oklahoma. Oh, hey Seb. Uh, I got a couple questions, slightly off, off the subject. Um, uh, first of all, I put my affidavit in uh, as of Tuesday. Oh, and, congratulations. Uh, State Department should have it. Uh, should have had it by Friday. Okay. Well, it was active as of Tuesday. Um, did, you, did you get what I said? It was active as of Tuesday. Oh, wow. When you put it in the mail, it's considered to be received. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Yep. That's the way the IRS does. Same thing, same principle. Yeah, in the courts, they call it served. That's awesome. Right. As soon as you drop it in the mail, they consider it served. They do give an extra three days, though, for you to respond if you receive something by mail. There you go. So, anyway, congratulations on being a national there, said. What part of Oakland? Are you close to uh, Mark there in OKC? Yes, sir. In fact, uh, me and Mark and his straw man have conversations all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Previous to what straw man's really thinking. <laughs> so, what can we help you with, Sid? So, uh, my question is, uh, I know we talked about the 1040X in the past broadcast. And, no, uh, no, no, I've never, with, I don't, um, I don't believe we've ever brought up a 1040X on here. The revocation of election. Okay. Well that we've never, you know, we've talked about revocation of election, but to my knowledge, you don't use a 1040X, you use a 1040NR. Right. Use the NR if you're wanting to amend your previous tax filings. I think Joe has mentioned it. I'm not sure. Okay, could have been. Could have been. Okay, Okay. could have been Joe on some of his videos or something. But the the 1040x form is how you recoup all your payments for the year. You do a 1040 or a 1040 NR, and then if you want all your payments back, you do a 1040x and just tell them you want all your money back. Okay. Well, I don't know about any of that. But hopefully John is going to get in a position to come over and go over all that on the show from his personal positive experience. So what else said? So how, how, what do we do here? Go forward. So my question is, um, is it, it, some of the employers, right, they give you a hard time when you hand them the uh, W-8-B-N and, and the um, the W-4 or the W-4-B. Could I be. It is. I don't remember the exact form on that one. Right. Um, but they give you a hard time. So is it possible to just file the uh, 1040-NR um, every year and just get your money back? Or is that only a one-time deal? Well, if you're talking about revocation, it's a one-time deal, and it goes back three years, my understanding, my remembrance, okay? Uh, and, yes, sometimes okay. you're going to get employers that are going to give you problems because they're scared of the damn IRS than you are. 
no employer is going to go fight your IRS battle for you. None of them. But that's a great question because that's, um, I think we're going to have people facing that. We already have people facing that where their employers don't want to take a W-8-B-E-N and, you know, they're, they're getting grief from going exempt. Um, so I, I think Birmingham. can you hear me? Yeah. Hold on, Mike. We're in the middle of a conversation. We'll get okay. to you. So I think this is going to be a very important part for those people out there that are having taxes withheld and their employers not being cooperative and, um, they should be able to file a return. I believe it would be an NR and get all their money that was now let me back up all their federal income tax that was withheld right now have to do the same thing for the state right but i don't think you'd be much greater to sever it at the and and stop it from going in and having to go back to them and file a 1040 in r which is still a 1040 okay with them every year so try and go the employer route said yeah that's preferable and you got Mark right there. Hell, you're talking okay. to Mark Strawman. Damn, you ought to be right up on top of this. <laughs> we'll get there. I do have a. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, hold it. Let's get with Sid. He's asking the questions. Hold on, Joe. Sid, where, what else? Hey, Sid, just, just no, write exempt ahead. on line 4C. Of which form, Mike? That? Uh, the the W four. When you fill out to get the employer, just just write exempt on line four C, and you'll just have to fill it out every year, and that takes care of it. That's what I do. Okay, there's a suggestion for you, said. W four C. Send a copy. Yeah, W four C. And if you want, you can send a copy of the W eight B N directly to the IRS. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They they don't let you write exempt anymore. They have to write it on four C. And that's on a W four. Okay. Yes, on a regular W four. Online instructions. On line four C of a W four. It used to write, it used to say at the very bottom, if you're exempt from taxes in any year, write exempt. They removed that. Now you have to put it in line 4C. Okay. All right. Awesome. That's a pretty simple solution. And, uh, and I got one last question. I know, and I know you don't know all the answers to this because um, you stated it in past broadcasts, but I was curious if you could point me in the right direction on how to, uh, or even start looking in the right direction of how to uh, register as an elector versus a voter. Well, you're going to have to go to the supervisor elections. I encourage everybody to do this. It's very, very uh, soft. This is a soft approach. You go in like Inspector Colombo, you know. Oh, I just got a couple of questions. Uh, I've, I've got this affidavit. I'm no longer a citizen of the United States or a resident, but I still want to continue to participate. What do I get registered as? Ask them. Okay. They're the registrar. 
Yeah. You're probably not going to know, and you're more I than did, likely did. you did that. Yeah, I did do that. I actually uh, emailed the uh, um, Oklahoma Election Board, right? And they just said plain and simple that you have to be a citizen of the United States to vote. Huh? Did you ask them? Uh, did you ask them what your administrative appeal is? Because you're being discriminated against. Right. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, they basically, in a nutshell, just kept repeating um, what their code and rules are. And I actually found this um, area um, where it talks about um, voting in the Electoral College. Right. And somewhere in there, it's, it's, it's kind of hidden, and I don't have it in front of me. I'd have to find it again. But it says... Uh, in a nutshell, I think I posted it on the chat before. I think I believe it does say national in there. Um, and uh, I was just not sure, like, who to talk to about that. Well, you and ask them. That's what you come back I, to them really, and go, you go, look, I, I'm a citizen of the okay. United States of America, and I'm equal to a U.S. citizen, and you're discriminating against me. Who do I talk to next about this? In other words, what's the next step in my okay. administrative appeal? That's the proper language. Okay. All right. And see, when I'll a number that. of you That's start pressing the envelope, we might get some answers. I know years, 30 years ago, John and Glenn started running. John was running against Orrin Hatch, who was the senator of Utah at the time, and Glenn was running against whoever the local representative was there. And they got out on the campaign trail, but before they did that, they went into the supervisor of elections office in Salt Lake and got switched to electors. And they didn't, we didn't have an affidavit in with the Secretary of State because we didn't realize that at that point. They didn't. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So, I and, appreciate you. And this is said, this is where when you, when you get command of the information and you start getting your confidence up, you can press the envelope. Okay. Well, hold it. I'm, it says right here that these things are equal. It, it doesn't say that I'm not allowed to participate anymore. Why can't I participate? I've got a legitimate political status. What do I participate as? See, and this is putting heat on these folks. This election scam's one of their big scams for maintaining control. So put some heat on the heels of their damn thieving feet. So that's what I'd that's suggest what I you do, do. Sud. I'd, I'd suggest that's what you do. Uh, you can go back and read what you wrote where you said it alluded to being a national about the Electoral College. Take that, go back to them, and say, listen, I'm, I'm a, I've got a valid political status in this country. I've got, I'm, a, I'm a stakeholder, to use Klaus Schwab's word. I'm a stakeholder in this country. I want to participate. I can't participate over here because I'm not that. How do I participate? 
Keep asking them. I'm glad that you're... Thank you, Roger. Roger, I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of people are asking, has there been a change? I'm like, well, we're the ones that are supposed to be posing the question. We're, we got to be the change, folks, just like you with yeah. this information. You've got to be the change. The world isn't going to change. It's not going to recognize what you did because they don't know about it. Part of our job here is educating these people, and that's what this is. You're going in there and forcing the issue to help educate them. And if, if we want to see that change, it's not up to just a few of us. It's up to all of us that are interested in learning about that. Yep. So uh, continue on with your quest, uh, Sud, and let us know how it turns out, okay? Hey, Roger. Yes. Thank you, sir. Roger, this is Art from New Hampshire. How you doing? Hey, Art. Um, I'm hanging. I got, a letter, I got a letter. I got a letter from Social Security, Roger. Oh, you did? I I, I, passed, I submitted my... Yeah, I did. Yeah. I got it right in front of me. Did you put them on notice? Did you send Social Security a notice? I did. You did? I can read, I get, I can read the letter to you. It's not well, too long. Well, now, hold on. Ready. I want to ask a question. Why did you put Social Security on notice? Um, just to let them know my 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 citizen change. Okay. So what they write you back? And uh, they, you know they, thought, they wrote me back. Uh, it says this letter requesting a change in citizenship status on your form SS five application for a social security card. We requested that Social Security Administration change your status. SSA collects citizenship status information on the SS uh, five for purposes of establishing and issuing an individual Social Security number. SSA requires evidence of supporting a change to the SN, SN number, including evidence to change the citizenship status code. For example, to change the citizenship status code to show U.S. citizen, you must provide evidence of the United States citizenship, such as the United States birth certificate, United States passport. To change the citizenship code to show a lawful alien allowed to work, you must provide evidence of employment authorized immigration status, such as a permanent resident card, Form uh, 1551, or employment authorization card, Form I-766. To change the citizenship code to legal alien, not allowed to work, you must provide evidence of immigration status without employment authorization. The other category is not citizenship status. The Social Security number applicant can select other when his or her citizenship status does not fall under any of the three but, but listed statuses, the applicant meets all requirements. My, get, my guess is you uh, filled out an SS-5 many, many years ago. You're not filling out an SS-5. You're putting them on notice that your status has changed. I don't even think you need to put the. I don't right. think you need to notice the Social Security uh, uh, Administration personally. It doesn't make any difference, okay? Yeah, this is like, you know, I, I filled it, I filled it like, out years ago. Yeah, you know, and they, yeah. They, they're going well, back, but they say it's another, there's another category, though. They say another category, other. Okay, well, so, I can tell you when I opened up my account in Argentina, I gave them a copy of the affidavit. My Social Security number didn't change. Okay. Yeah, I'm not changing my Social Security number anyway. Of course you're not. To, to nullify not. something like that. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, 
I'd write them back. Contracted what you want to. I'd write them back if you want to write them back and just say, listen, I submitted an alpha note, lawful notice of my status change. Please uh, uh, reflect this in your records. Okay. They did acknowledge the letter anyway, right? So just put like another uh, another letter back to them and. Sure. Sure. And attach another copy or affidavit and refer to it in the letter as Exhibit A, Market Exhibit A, and put attached to and incorporated by reference. Okay. It's not going to make any difference. See, there's no real reason to notice Social Security, to my knowledge. Okay. But some of you guys want to pay for everybody, you know. But I want to ask you, if I go to my local Social Security office in Manchester, right in, in, you know, in New Hampshire, and, and show them this letter and bring in my regular dec- my notice of status and claim, you know, my affidavit, and show it to them, they could tell me right now if it's in the system, couldn't they? And I could work on, on the kinks in this letter here. Work well, on I, get, I guess they could, what but, what, but what difference does it make? <clears throat> well, they could put in there and just... Just say, can you check on my status? Make sure that I'm a, I'm a private national. Okay. Well, if you want to do that, go. Okay. If you want to do that, go ahead. Okay. Roger. Yes. Mike. I remember Roger. I went to the Social Security office, and they wouldn't do anything. Okay. Roger, I'm I'm pretty sure that Chris, when he said he did it, he he received more benefit. I don't I I don't know about that. I think Brett might and I'm, I'm not going to collect any benefits from Social Security. I'm just I work for a living, so no, I Art, just want to see how many quarters Art, I have. Art, I if you've if you've got an account that's open with Social Security and you're contributing, you don't receive benefits. It's only people that don't have a Social Security account like illegal aliens that are drawn off of it, they receive benefits. You don't. You've got an account with them. But when I retire, what okay, I'm doesn't I make retire. well, doesn't make any difference. That won't be a benefit either. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that, okay. Thanks, Ron. Okay, Mark, you're welcome. Who else has got something towards the end of the show here? Quick, I do. You better Sketch hurry. Again. Sketch. Yeah, uh, you said as far as voting, uh, U.S. citizens and nationals are equal. Can you think of anything else that we are equal in? You're equal, period. According to the State Department statement, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. You're equal in everything. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. Anybody else here at the tail end of the program today? No, no, no. Okay. Raj. Yes, Paul. I want to talk about give, send, go. Okay, do it. Do it. Go to exposethematrix.com. Up at the top of the page, directly under Roger's give, send, go, surfs up is the Global Voice Network Radio Ranch support give, send, go. And if you don't want to use give, send, go, you can go to funding.org. 
ExposeTheMatrix.com. And there's numerous ways to support the show. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get Paul moved down to Oklahoma and get some newer equipment and, and grow a little bit that way. Uh, there's several ways you can contribute. I took one of my personal consultations the other day and funneled it to Paul. Okay. So, yes, who was Hey Roger there? Hey, Roger. Yes, sir. If you order that book, right, you know, that book, uh, United Slaves of America. Yes, sir. How long does that take for shipping to get Hell, up? It, I, it shouldn't take too long, but I don't have an answer. I just don't know. With the book patch, usually they're fairly prompt, I think. But, see, when you order yeah, it, it, when you order something from them, they go to the printer and get it printed and then mail it to you. Roger, it doesn't take Yeah, that might long. be about nine when I got Go your book, I got it pretty quick. Okay, good. Have you got United Slaves or the other one? No, the no, the other one. Okay, that well, one. for those that don't know, the old book that John and Glenn wrote 30 years ago, United Slaves of America, is also now available thanks to hard work of a number of folks. And uh, thirty nine ninety nine and... Uh, great background material on a lot of this feudal stuff. It'll be more applicable to taxation because we didn't know all this other stuff back then, but that is available for resource folks that want to avail themselves of that. Otherwise than that, there's our whistler. I'm sure you guys can hear him. And uh, that means that we are over and my work, my six-day work week is over. <laughs> We'll start the seven-day one again tomorrow. Um, so thanks for being with us, Imogene and all y'all. I hope you got something out of it. If you're a new student and uh, just bellying up to the bar, you might have gotten a drink of water out of a fire hydrant. Just step back. Don't get turned away. Continue okay. to learn and and seek your freedom, okay, because it's here. We got your freedom here, folks. All right. Thank you all. All right. So, uh, anyway, I'll be on, uh, of course, Thumper and Brent tomorrow, as well as RBN tomorrow night. And uh, I, again, uh, promote Brent. If you don't have a church home and uh, you're looking for a church service, you can tune into Brent's in church there right before Thumper and I. And, uh, you know, Brent's a national treasure, folks. Okay? Period. So, uh, those are... I've gotten hooked on it. I, every Sunday I get up and do that. And tomorrow it'll be an hour earlier. I'll see y'all tomorrow Monday. Ciao. I think. <laughs>